0: Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Hello from the Crop Doctors Podcast Studio, Stoneville. Tom, it's a rare morning episode. Been doing all these in the afternoon. It seems like all year.
1: No, I thought we'd done one in the morning recently. Name it. Um, didn't we do one in the morning last week, or did we do everything in the afternoon?
0: It was all in the afternoon
1: you're right because we did that after the little cotton tour that we had here on the experiment station and then we had something else but i thought we'd done one nope. maybe the week before did we not
0: no nope, i don't think so
1: okay it's pretty typical i've not done a good job it's a haze in my head at this point brian's here with us
0: brian good to see you man
2: yeah thanks for having me i
0: think it's been a while since we've had brian on so we appreciate him coming and visiting with us today so brian and i talked last week and brian's had a a little bit of a shake-up in his life. The football coach for his favorite football oh, team geez. has been asked to take an extended vacation. So, Brian, what's your odds on favorite for replacing the coach of your Nebraska
1: Cornhuskers? Choose the unexpected. So you didn't see that did, coming?
2: The unexpected?
1: Just choose a totally unexpected football coach because that's who they're going to pick. No, I want a realistic opinion.
2: I would, no, That'll I be just, realistic. I would take anyone that actually won some games. <laughs> It's been a while I, know.
1: I, I can feel you. I can feel you on that for sure. This is so, all dictated by athletic directors, and they have you know outlandish expectations and then unrealistic ex- expectations on top of that, and they usually choose somebody that the fan base doesn't want. But I would imagine Nebraska will do something similar to what Auburn does. They want a Nebraska man, well, somebody c- who can recruit.
2: We tried that. Yeah, they and had that. He was That's right. His second name was worst Scott record Frost, in, and in they just history. fired him. Yeah, but he was what sixteen and thirty one.
1: Well, that's your dream job. Either you need to try to outlive those expectations, or just own up. Maybe you weren't as good a football coach as what they thought.
0: So wow. I won't hold you to it. I just wanna, I just wanna guess of a name.
2: Oh man, like who is it actually who, gonna be, or who what, would I really yeah, like? Yeah, yeah.
0: Who, who does Brian Mills really want as his football coach? Oh man, I'd like someone like Luke Fickle. Out okay. of Cincinnati. Oh, yeah, that is okay.
2: Cincinnati coach, he's solid maybe like defensive oriented like maybe Dave Miranda and Baylor
0: yeah um
2: both. I mean they have the money that Big 10 contract get yeah, so much money now
0: yeah the well the money I, of all of it is just insane yeah i
1: remember being at indiana and we always thought that that would creating hey, they, the Big 10 and pulling in some of those other schools would really make that conference much bigger and better and it has not done a lot of that it's not made some of the lesser teams within the big 10 better it's made some of the big teams better michigan ohio state penn state's gotten better but they were always powerhouses so why it didn't change much and it didn't help it didn't pull the bottom up
2: yeah and that guy yeah the rich got richer essentially maybe the 12 team playoff coming up will change that but I, i don't know
0: Maybe if that Tom Allen guy that coaches Indiana did a little bit better job. <laughs> I know, right?
1: It's just coincidence that at my alma mater, they have a guy named Tom I, Allen coaching lie, the football program. I laugh every
0: time I think about it. or every time <laughs> no, I, see I do them, too. Well, the, the two times I see them play on TV during the course of the year.
1: I try not to watch them.
0: They're having a stellar year, I think. I, didn't I see them like on the bottom 10 on ESPN last week?
2: Indiana. They play Nebraska next week. So that'll be an entertaining. Indiana does, yeah.
1: Is that in Bloomington or is that in Nebraska, Lincoln?
2: Uh, I believe I think it's in Bloomington.
1: All right, so our yeah. all of our southern <laughs> listeners just got a yeah
2: break Big, big Ten football. football. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, they'll love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: not good. So, Brian, was it last week? The USDA crop report came out.
2: Yeah, or they came out with a, a report in, in around the twelfth. So the latest one kind of crop progress report.
0: We always – you had mentioned that the acreage report in June mm-hmm. is always a eye catcher, and then oftentimes this report in September is too. So why don't you tell us some of the highlights of that crop report from September?
2: Yeah, I think sort of the big story is the massive drought that we're having. I know it rains here a lot, but everywhere west, California, Texas – Oklahoma, Kansas have been pretty severe drought. That's kind of impacted a lot of our, our yield expectations, and that can have some sort of impacts on, on our prices as well. And so corn, I mean, we ended up with around 88.6 million acres for 2022. Ladies' yield estimates were at, you know, the 172.5 bushels per acre, which is down quite a bit from last year, around five bushels less than last year. And a lot of that, that, that drought is impacting that. Especially in your your Texas, I mean, Texas, their yields projected to be about eighteen point eight percent less than last year. Oklahoma's twenty percent less yields. That drought is having sort of a big impact on on that, and so we have we had less acres. Now we're having less yield. Essentially, we're gonna have less supply of our corn. So we're looking at a little bit higher prices for for twenty twenty two possibly. Um, so right now, sort of the latest uh, Wazie report, they had. Projections for, for 2022 corn prices at six dollars and seventy five cents a bushel. Which compare that to 2021, which was five dollars and ninety five cents. So higher prices, uh, less production. Sort of the flip side on that is we're probably gonna ha- we're going to have a lot less uh, government payments. So your ARC PLC or just it PLC is just not gonna pay out at those prices. Uh, ARC, unless you're in one of these large drought areas. You're probably not gonna get an ARC payment just because of those high prices in Mississippi. I we, I think our yields projected to be about five percent less than last year, around that 172 bushel is what they have projected. So we're probably not gonna see much ARC or, or payments for uh, for Mississippi either. Um,
1: Didn't they have us in some of that drought area for a portion of the summer? And that's l- I can't recall because I yep. just based on. We probably made up for some of the rainfall that we were behind on in June, July, and August. But I think at this point, and I have not looked at numbers, I would say we're behind on our annual precipitation.
2: I think we're we kind of made up for it this fall. The last I saw that we we were around average for rainfall. We were way behind in that like June, July, mm-hmm. where it got really dry, and that's kind of where we entered entered sort of that drought conditions. Especially, I think it was the northwest, like the the Delta area. But I think since then we've kind of picked that back up, so we're not as we're not as behind as we were around then. It's not terribly close to sort of what's going on in sort of your Great yeah. Plains area. I think like I'm back home on our farm. Like before, like last week they had eight inches of rain since January. Like Ouch! They have, yeah, like less rain than what they had in the the 1930s. Wow, eight
0: inches doesn't get you very far. Yeah. Over the course of
2: no, that's,
1: basically nine months. That's typical West Texas high plains type annual average rainfall, eight to ten inches in a year or whatever it is. It's low, very yeah. low out know, there.
0: We had talked to Brian Arnall from Oklahoma State. He had mentioned that that they're basically just a lot of stuff was a wash. Here, I mean, on the inside looking out, has varied depending on where you were standing. I mean, we had guys that went a long time without rain and then, you know, there was other places that were more consistent. Personally, I think the heat has been a bigger contributor to concerns for this year. Just it got so hot early and, and stayed hot, so the the rain has just been oh, Hattiesburg guess, scattered.
1: area rained every day for like the entirety of the month of August.
0: Well, and then but that's you, pretty typical. You take that band across there you know jackson even a little north of jackson south you know say central mississippi and that rain event they had at the end of august if you're looking at drought conditions based on quantity of rainfall or you're just comparing annual rainfall totals i mean you get that one big flood event and it can skew those numbers a little bit and to where it doesn't tell the whole story if you're looking back for the the total for the year
1: well that's that's corn brian how do the other crops factor into that or how has that been influenced or how has the environment influenced soybeans cotton rice and some of the other things we grow
2: for cotton we had higher acres this year a lot of that was due to those cotton prices early spring they're really good so we ended up with 13.79 million acres of cotton for 2022 which is up from that we had 11.22 million acres last year yields are actually looking a little bit up. Um, they have them estimated that that average yield of 843 pounds per acre, so up from 819 last year. Prices is, is again up. Cotton is goes along a lot with what the economy is doing, and so like looking forward, if we kind of end up sort of in this recession, there kind of there's been some talk about that. Or are we in a recession? Or are we not? So going forward, that's kind of one of those things that's going to really impact cotton prices if we sort of see a recession. You'll see those cotton prices sort of uh, decrease, just because you know intercession people buy less, so um, and stuff like cotton is, is impacted by that. So, but right now prices are pretty good. They're expected for 2022 again be a little bit higher than 96 cents per pound. So, in general, cotton cotton looking good. Rice was kind of the opposite. We lost a lot of rice acres. Mississippi, we lost, you know. 15,000, I think, 20,000 acres, 20,000 yeah, acres. Yeah, I
0: think the total number is still up for debate a little bit, but we definitely, you know, have gone down yeah. again some.
2: I think the latest estimate I saw was 85,000. So that would be about, yeah, 20,000 acres less than last year.
0: You know, Hunter says 85 to 90. Yeah. And, and I think some other guys would, would agree with that to, you know, seed folks.
2: Yeah. And so, in, in I mean, for all rice acres, we lost, you know, around 300,000 rice acres and a lot of that was uh california yeah we're seeing a lot of they're moving out of rice production essentially because they don't have water
0: for this year their water allotment yeah uh, because of the drought their water allotment wasn't there and they lost a lot of acres there
2: but we did yeah we saw about about three hundred thousand less prices or for 2022 they're they're projecting it to be you know sixteen dollars and fifty cents per hundredweight which is probably the highest in the last 20 years maybe Prices are, are looking to be pretty good, just less acres. Yields are pretty steady. And so uh, that's why we're kind of seeing that that increase in, in rice price as, as we go forward. And a lot of you know, that's water issues and then, you know, your input issues and corn and soybean prices being high. That's kind of going to impact those those rice acres. So going forward, see what corn and soybean prices do. Um, and soybean prices stay high, we might see that. Rice acres stay low. And then for soybeans, we saw a little bit higher soybean acres just because people switched, lower input costs. 2022, I think we were around eight, 87.5 million acres. It ended up only being up around 300,000 acres from last year. Uh, yields are, are down a little bit. That's They're projected to be around that 50.5 bushels per acre. I think Mississippi is currently projected to be at, at a record high of that 55 bushels per acre, so up about 1.9% from last year. The drought kind of hurt a lot of those soybean yields across across the U.S. And so even with those sort of higher uh, acres, we're seeing lower production in general just because yields, yields took quite a bit of hit. I mean, they took about a bushel hit on average across the U.S. And so for 2022, we're looking at right now it's it's predicted to be about $14.35 per bushel price for, for soybeans, which is up about a dollar from 2021. So... Prices are, are going up. kind of looks like that's uh, – we'll see sort of what this next – what input prices do. Uh, that will kind of impact, but what will we see with that? So, in, in general, uh, I think latest reports kind of have farm income up for 2022 compared to last year, even with the higher expenses, which is kind of surprising. We just, that's we awesome, just, yeah. Yeah, that's always good news. Uh, so, essentially, those prices kind of help uh, – those higher prices help – pay for all those added expenses so we, yeah we just we saw some some higher cash receipts higher expenses but in general that net cash farm income was up i think it's as i saw it's the highest since 2012 so back when we saw those those high prices back then overall it looks like we're we're good hopefully prices stay high going into next year well because that's kind of one of the things that you know can kind of be worrisome is that we have Good prices now, but we have high expenses if if we do see a drop in prices I and mean, everybody in sort of agriculture knows those input prices don't come down as fast um so we can we might have some farmers get squeezed there a little bit on those on those high input prices as they're gonna they're gonna fall a lot less uh quickly than prices so that would be something just sort of to pay attention to and and make sure that for sort of your marketing plan is is set and knowing what you're going to be putting on knowing those those break even. So if, you know, prices do come down uh, next year, you're not sort of caught in a, in a bad situation.
0: The numbers you've been discussing are just projections from NAS, the, the National Agricultural Statistics Service. Is that, yes, I get that that's right. Abbreviation, right. And we've harvested quite a bit of Mississippi, but you know, you go further North and it's not quite the traditional harvest mm-hmm. time for them. So projection So, a guess at possibly strong or up prices for next year because the projection for the Mm -hmm. yield is off for 2022. When will that kind of come into focus? What will it be, you know, December or when's the next crop report come out that has actual numbers in it and are
2: not projections? They update these, these like these crop progress reports on these yields, they update them usually around. They come out with a, like a WASI report will come out every month. And so they'll be updating them as we get more information on, on sort of harvest and, and what those yields are. And these NAS data is all from producers, right. a lot of it. So it's, they survey producers. So it's one of those things that as long as the you know, producers are telling them sort of their, their best guess, and that's kind of, that's all we have.
0: When does it start to come into focus for the 2023 crop? to where you, you have a more solid idea of what the prices might be to start making that decision, all right, this field is going to go into soybeans or this field is going to go into corn.
2: That's yeah. kind of a hard one. Plan, I mean, plan date. Yeah, I mean, last <laughs> year you had a lot of I mean, it, people were waiting on what those input prices were going to do, and I think they made probably that decision a little later than usual.
0: And that's not ex- exactly what I was thinking when I started asking that question. But then, you know, your answer to it in reaction, we talk about that a lot on here from the agronomic standpoint, that those decisions oftentimes are up in the air right up until – the day of in Mm -hmm. some cases and you know weather in March can really influence the corn acres because we prefer to plant corn early where we can and Mm -hmm. a couple bad weather events can push that back and certainly with rice too weather in March and early April can influence the number of acres that we have so Mm -hmm. I, I guess that is the (laughs) we made a different point than what i thought but i I think it backs up some of the things that we've talked about on here that a lot of those decisions really stay in flux until in some cases the last minute and then so it bodes well for people to have that laid out like you said and know what your break evens are and can you mix and match and and transition from one crop to the other kind of on the fly
2: yeah and that's kind of to keep i guess the football theme like you got to make an audible sometimes right if you're delayed maybe you have to switch to you know soybeans or or something like that i know we've seen that a couple times here in the last couple years where you had a lot of rain in that spring and you kind of got delayed till you know that may sort of you had to kind of switch your your plans so that's that's why it's hard to say like what is oh i know what is because i know i know a lot of farmers would like to make that decision earlier But then, like, we have so much changing and volatility in our prices that it's hard to – I mean, you can see prices jump, you know, 40, 50 cents in a day, and that can change your complete uh, output. I
0: don't don't even your position because I know you get that question a lot. You know, what are prices going to do or what are acres going to do? And, you know, you're just (laughs) guessing, too, basically.
2: Yeah. In general, I mean, prices are so almost impossible to predict. I mean, if we we knew how to predict it, like, we'd be making (laughs) – Millions of dollars right now like it's we it.
1: might not be sitting here recording a podcast yeah well in each of those reports if they're updated monthly there's still approximations until we get to the final report right. in True. January mm-hmm. so how does that final report that comes out uh, second or third week of January it might even, it probably comes out before that I just I, I look for it every year how does that help stabilize prices for that? 2023 crop?
2: I mean, it kind of just gives us an idea. A lot of the time, it'll give us an idea of, like, how much did we produce in 2022? How much carryover? Because that's always going to be sort of that big thing is how much extra supply we have from 22. How much did we use in 2022? How much did we produce? So that'll give us an idea of sort of where we are starting off in in January of, like, compared to last year, right? Because it has a little bit of impact is that if we have a large carryover, you're going to see probably – lower, a little bit lower prices. We have more supply than we have demand. And so that kind of just gives us a better idea of where we are with that.
1: All right, Brian, I I think the one expectation tends to be about supply chain and potential future disruption, or is there an influence from 2022? So do you have any thoughts moving forward about supply chain demand going into the 2023 season?
2: I mean, I think there's still sort of a possibility. We might have issues going into this next year. And that, I mean, there's so much different factors that sort of impact that. Um, I mean, you have, you know, Russia, Ukraine war. That's always going to have some little bit of issues on your sort of oil production your and fertilizers. I mean, Russia is such a big fertilizer production or producing country. China, big thing. We, they kind of never can't predict what China is actually going to do. Are they going to cut back? fertilizers this next year or are they not herbicides insecticides. they i know they produce a lot of those as well um so those are always hard to sort of predict what's going to happen in the next year hopefully we're kind of get past sort of a lot of these supply chain issues um but i at this point in time, i'm i don't i'm not really sure and what's going to happen on that
0: i think you have to plan for the worst yeah I, and I that's I,
2: always it's always good to, to sort of plan ahead and kind of get an idea of Here's my plan A, but then also have, you know, plan B, C, and D. Or, yeah. I'd
1: then, have a loose plan A based on what happened in 2022 and expect that maybe that would be the best that it would be. Yeah. Just, just because case case I'm scenario, a yeah. natural pessimist when it comes to some of those. <laughs> well,
0: things. I think that's a good way to plan for it, Tom, and, and not being overly pessimistic.
2: Well, it's just, you know, risk management, essentially.
1: Budgets, I, I think. People are always requesting budgets because I think the Mississippi State budgets are the best, and I realize that's a biased opinion because we work for Mississippi State, but you know, we can put in a little plug for it. When, when should we expect those?
2: Uh, we should have those out here in November. It's usually when we, we get those out. We're, we're collecting data right now on those different prices and, and collect all that, we'll put it together, and we should have those budgets here out in, in November, and they'll be on our Econ website, so edu. And then it's under the the budget tab, so we have all our. We'll put all of our new budgets. We'll have our you know our paper copies, also our Excel copies, and then we have previous years up there as well. So you can go you can go there and, and um, look at any of that. Uh, we also have our budget generator that you can go in and sort of create your own budget if that's what you want to do, or or use our Excel or, or paper copies as well.
0: So really, really useful tools. Yeah. Yeah. I also
2: think I think they're one of the best. I mean, from an information standpoint, I think we collect more than pretty much everyone else.
1: Well, and those of us also alter the information that goes in there based on what's happened yeah. in the current year. So they stay pretty pretty up to date.
2: There's
0: a lot in there beyond just the economists working on me. Well, we all work on it together with the intent of trying to have the most accurate information that we can. And then Brian and his crew apply the numbers to... Yeah, basically what we
2: think are you know the agronomics of it, which I don't think you get sort of that collaboration from so many different departments on one sort of one project and to do it yearly.
1: Thanks, Brian. Yeah, thanks for having me. You know, keep pulling hard for Nebraska.
2: <laughs> it'll get better,
1: man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those hey. those of us that are in perennial oh. crummy football teams, it, it, it'll get better.
2: I hope it can't get worse. <laughs> Shh, <laughs> very, I, I probably jinxed it there.
1: Regular listeners, thank you. Really appreciate it. If you need one-on-one contact with any of us, we're pretty easy to track down. Feel free to give us a call, text, email, whatever you need to do.
0: The Mississippi Crop Situation podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.